Welcome. To Arcade Audio. week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I'm here. Sorry, I'm turning my body, which means it takes me moments and I have to make noise. Oh. Still here. <laughs> that Still that here. took a lot of effort. Touch yeah. and go. I scared the shit out of people who work today thinking that I died in my car. Uh-huh. I'll just say that up front. Uh-huh. I fell asleep. Look, the fact that I overslept on my lunch break for the first time in a year since I've been back at work with a baby is pretty impressive. The fact that I've done that once in a year, it's pretty good. It's good. One out of like like, like 46 weeks or something. I don't know how long I've been back at work. Almost a whole year? Almost a whole year. That I told Christina, next time, just smash my window. <laughs> I was like, just smash my window. <laughs> I was like, because they were like, I hope, I hope he has the air on. The car is running. I was like, yes, yeah. of course I have the air on. But I was pretty sweaty, even, even so. It is January 25th, the day I almost died. <laughs> 2018, back on the podcast. If you're new, every single week. We discuss a random movie out of our massive box of uh, index cards with all of our movies written down on them, or we nominate movies back and forth, and we also talk about our lives. Because we're married, and we, and have we watch movies. movies. There you go. It's pretty mm-hmm. self-fucking-explanatory. going to kind of um, chip this one along Yeah, yeah, today. yeah, because... Uh, we're busy, number we're busy. one. We're busy, and uh, number two... Because we're recording this the day it's supposed to air. We've... It's uh, going to be a late night preview. Yeah, it's like the Thursday... The Thursday late night show. Right? Yeah. Well, no, that would be like... No, that would well, be Wednesday. Aired Wednesday. <laughs> we still work there. We still work those those shows. Look. We don't remember. Look. Look. All I'm going to say is it's a really good thing that this Turner Classic Movies Greatest Classic Films collection of four... Movies mm. has each movie on its own individual disc. That's all I'm gonna say about that, and we'll talk about it more at the end. What I want to talk about up front, like we'll talk about at the end, is remind everyone to go get their votes casted for the first annual Mullet Awards. Voting is hot and heavy. Let me tell you, there are some close races. We got some ties at the moment. We got to make sure we break those ties. Break those ties. What, what's tie right now? I can't. I can't tell you that. Why not? Absolutely how, how, not. But then we have to be able to no. petition for for the one. No, we if there are win. ties, there are ties. That's the way that. There's it no does. ties in the Academy Awards. There have been ties in the Academy Awards tell before. Me, tell me when the Oscars have tied. A very long time ago, but they uh-huh. have had ties. Give before. me an example. I know they have had them, okay? I'm oh. not Gene Siskel's fucking ghost. You, you need to be. Okay? 
If ties happen, we have ties in the swaggies. It happens, all right? I would like there to not be, so make sure you go to arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets, or there should be a link on the podcast description, however you're listening to this. So tell your friends. I'm going to put a Facebook post up about it um, tomorrow. Yes. So that way, again, if you haven't watched all the movies, just pick which ones you know we nominated, or pick whatever you think would be the answer. You know, when in doubt, mark C. That's what I always used to do on, on tests. Put in the answer, put C. 75% of the yeah. time, you're going to be right. That's not correct math, but Scott Snyder's my favorite. So you get 141 and two-third chance of getting that right, okay? That's a, that's another quote for another podcast. It's um, true. Um, we haven't watched but, anything. But, yeah, we haven't seen anything in theaters or watched anything on Plex. I'm in the process of watching something. Uh, I just started watching when I was taking a poop. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying like you're talking to Jillian? Our daughter, um, like she, she's 14 poop. months, and she's learning how to talk. And I thought you were going to say 14 years old, and I was like, wait, how long was I asleep in that car? <laughs> it was a DeLorean. Good Lord. Um, she's 14 months old, and she is just talking up a storm, and she repeats everything. And, you know, she says, apple and ball and upstairs and high and bye and belly mama button. and dada and belly button. And, um... Whenever we go through like her little script and we get her to keep practicing the words, we say, all right, Jillian, do you have to do a poo-poo? And without fail, for whatever reason, she always just whispers, poo-poo, like it's a secret. And it's the funniest thing because in case you haven't noticed, Mullet doesn't know what a whisper is. He thinks every whisper is a stage whisper because I guess that's the first time he ever learned how to whisper. And, um... I don't really care if people know I gotta poop. Everybody poops. We're getting way off the subject I was beginning to... Look, to... I'd rather talk about anything else in this movie. No, we're not... <laughs> this is not what we're oh, beginning oh, to Oh, I thought we were getting or into I was going the movie I began to watch. Oh, sorry, sorry. Poop, um, poop. So it just hit Amazon Prime Video uh, a couple days ago. Uh, it's a film called Paperback. Now, Paperback is a film that was uh, written, directed, edited... And stars um, a good friend of mine. His name's Adam Bowers. We went to school with Adam. Um, I am in this movie. It's I, I I'm like pizza chef number one or something. I don't remember. I haven't gotten to the like my part. Uh, you better so be getting some of those checks, Mullet. If you want to check out my IMDb page, I have an IMDb page. I'm Chris Mullet, known for paperback. Uh, I need to work on it. I should be known for mirrored movies or at least Potswoggle for crying out loud. But um. Yeah, so if, if you're listening to this and you want to see a, a good, um, small, independent film, if you, um, it's a beautifully shoots Gainesville, Florida, are where we met and spent our formative years uh, together. Um, about 25, 30 minutes in, because that's how long it took me to go to the restroom and load a podcast that I was getting ready to edit. So <laughs> about 30 minutes in, and it's very good so far. Uh, I haven't reached my shining moment yet, but yeah, give that a, give that a look-see. It's very good, very funny. Um... And yeah, that's all I got. Let's 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 do this. Let's get this done with. I I mean, do we have to? I'm very curious. Why well, I don't think anybody's really watched this before. We watched East of Eden. Finally, a random selection out of the box. The reason we own this is because this is, as Samantha said, it's a part of a four pack of romantic dramas from Turner Classic Movies 
Greatest Classic Films Collection. So also in this package is Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, A Streetcar Named Desire, and Rebel Without a Cause. The final two are the reason why I bought this, because I was like, well, those are like two of the greatest movies ever made. The other two probably got to be all right, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Um, East is... of Eden. A wayward Salinas Valley youth, James Dean, vies for the affection of his hardened father, Raymond Massey, with his favored brother, Richard Davalos. Julie Harris in 1955, Best Supporting uh, Actress Oscar winner, Joe Van Fleet, co-star in this adaptation of John Steinbeck's novel. Um, so there are some things that should really stay as a written word rather than, uh, uh, you know, a movie. Uh, this, this is one of them. And I know that that's controversial. I know it's controversial to not like this movie. I want to I want to preface this right now. I don't need to preface anything. And I'm going to preface it. We each fell asleep on multiple occasions. <laughs> At separate times. Hey, this podcast might be a cry for help for me personally. <laughs> I might have acne I or something. Have, I don't know. Like, uh, like um, what is that? Uh, narcolepsy. Narcolepsy, yeah. I'm Mr. Bean in Rat Race. <laughs> which was a better film than this. Oh, that, that's... <laughs> That's a no. not a controversial. That's a true Look, statement. We were both tired. We like we, we needed to get an episode knocked out, and it's been a while since we, we, we we've been the John for like two yeah. months. I we've feel like at this had point. to. We really, really had to watch this movie. We each fell asleep because we're tired and we have a child, and you know it's difficult to watch a movie. Start a movie at nine o'clock at night. You know, we also fell asleep in this movie. I feel like because it wasn't very good, and I have a I have. A couple, like... Theories. Not th- I don't even know what the word... Like, this movie confounds me because I don't know how to talk about it. I, I know. It, and, and I know that us not liking this movie and starting off right, right up front saying that is really controversial because this movie happens to be a favorite of a lot of inf- influential people it's and a lot been... of people who, who are so good at their craft. And this movie inspired... It was preserved. For example, Ryan Gosling. This is his favorite movie. That makes so much fucking sense. Right? But he... But for me, I'm like, okay. I would see him... I can see him remaking this and me hating the shit out of it. I know, but I hated he... The but he's so talented. And I... We will save that for the acting bit of this show. But um, he's so talented and, and I really do appreciate his him... And what he does for the craft. So your favorite part of East of Eden is Ryan Gosling. Yeah, uh-huh, essentially. Um, but, like, that, it's his favorite movie. And this movie... It's it, been preserved by James the National Dean Film Registry. Dean yeah. Like, get so many accolades, and I don't know what these people are thinking when they do it. This Trump's me. America. <laughs> That's not it at all. So it made 1955. And the way that it is... The way that it plays out and the way that it's shot and the way that it kind of um, is structured, to me, very much is similar to a modern independent film that is okay. very allegorical. Because this is, this is basically what it is. It's like a really long allegory 
and because it's a John Steinbeck novel, that's why I like. And I, I did. I've done projects on Steinbeck before. I've never read East of Eden. Everyone says East of Eden is an amazing, like, literary accomplishment. I'm and sure it's, it and is. And it's significantly longer because it, it focuses on these characters, I believe, from childhood. No, it focuses on the parents. The relationship so, sorry, between yeah, the right. parents. Sorry, I knew there was two halves. This to it. is Basically, the second half yeah, of the, the film of only the covers the second half of the book. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, knew, I knew it was something like that. I couldn't yeah. remember because I was focusing on it. I'm not a big and, Steinbeck fan. Okay. Do you know why? Or? I just don't like his writing. I just don't like... What have you read of Steinbeck? Of Mice and Men, Grapes of Wrath. Mm -hmm. And you didn't like either one of those? Not particularly. Of Mice and Men made me cry. If you don't cry in Of Mice and Men, you need to check yourself. So so Steinbeck very much writes about these flawed people. And so this, like, (laughs) I'm not going to reference what I referenced when this movie started about the character and who it reminded me of. Because uh, it's, it's, it's a nobody would get it in terms of listening to this, and b this is very mean. <laughs> but I, I see it as very it's a very eccentric movie for its time. That's why I kind of uh, liken it to an independent film nowadays because it's trying to be quirky is not the right word, but it's off it's off, off kilter. kilter a little bit. Yeah. Um. With. You know, it kind of it me. This movie meandered like you wouldn't believe meandering happens. Like it just is stuck in this gear, and it never really gets like fully behind anything it wants to do. He wants to find out who his mother is, and that's how the movie starts. He tracks her down to the brothel, and then he has like daddy issues, and then he has like brother issues, and then he starts like fucking his <laughs> fucking his brother's wife, girlfriend, sister, daughter <laughs> thing, and then there's beans and. Then his brother has, like, a nervous breakdown when he meets his mom. And there's also, like, the Germans suck. And then he's pushing it. They push the brother into the mother. And, and then like, the brother had a psychotic break. That's and what I was saying. And then the, and the dad had a stroke, seizure, aneurysm, <laughs> dietary fiber problem. And, like, it's all very weird. And it's it's made weird by James Dean as well. Yeah. Yeah. Here's something, I think you'll get this reference because I think he's mainstream enough. I'd rather watch James Dean, the porno actor. No. <laughs> no. You ever heard, I'm pretty sure there was like a main news story about him like like that hit CNN a couple years ago that was like, he's a piece of shit or something. Well, he's a well yeah, he's, a, he's a piece of shit, but no. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, get you up on your porn news. Yeah. I'll, I'll call Witten. But he, but uh, he's also named James, <laughs> he's also named James Dean with two E's. Um, and I honestly feel like he would do done <laughs> done better. Well, look, he, he's just so like this was his first time ever acting. So he only this, he's only had three movies. I well, I know for terrible reasons. Are we sure? <laughs> After this, yeah. <laughs> are we yeah. sure? I feel like he had a lot more that he could have done because he was so raw and so green. He could have done many great things had he had the time to develop. I have this issue that he's been he's put up on this pedestal for, and again, we haven't seen Rebel Out of Cause, and we haven't seen Giant, his other film, mm-hmm. which um, Giant, he was nominated for posthumously. This he was nominated for, like, right out of the gate. Didn't get nominated for Rebel, which is arguably the most famous of the three. Um, I would say not arguably. I, I think it is the it most is. famous of the three. And the, the one that everyone seems to love the most. Um... And yeah, you're right. Raw and green is the way to put it in that 
you can tell he's making these decisions. And, like, the director, Elian Kazan, who, like, is, you know, he did A Streetcar Named Desire. He did amazing work. He's one of the most famous directors ever, especially of his time. Um, if you read, like, some of, like, the background, it's like, nobody liked each other making this movie. Yeah. Like, everyone was, like, very, it was, like, very contentious. Very. And, I, and, like, I can, I feel like I can see it in that, like, there's, there was never a moment where, like, the right note was given in a lot of performances and a lot of decisions. Yeah. The director's too busy, like, oh, I, I can turn the camera sideways or catty corner. Really All these fucking, like, Dutch me. angles and, like, I was waiting, like, I would rather watch J.J. Abrams have two hours of a fucking lens flare than watch this guy try to figure out how to turn his camera 45 degrees because it's cool. That's hilarious. Uh, like, like James Dean does all these little things where, like, I think you pointed out, like, you said, like, does he have Asperger's or something? Yeah, I feel like this movie, because, you know, nowadays everyone's so sensitive, and, and a lot of these uh, social and emotional problems have been really diagnosed and delved into. And the, and there's been things that have... And there's been things the, that been, put them in the spotlight. Exactly. More. There have been projects that, sh- that are all right, around, right. draping characters around. Exactly. Them. And, um, you know, the way that this character behaved, that James Dean played this character, really spoke of him having emotional problems. Like, you, before, needed, you needed it said yeah. to, like... Enjoy it because if with it unsaid, he just comes off like a weird, unsympathetic asshole, douche, yeah, pussy, yeah, uh, weirdo, weirdo. Like at any point, like when you know, it's like no wonder your father doesn't love you. You're weird. I know. And and again, that that sounds bad and mean, and and it's a product of its time. But you try watching it and not think it. But but. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I also think that it's because this wasn't in P55 where they didn't really give any weight to, you know, Asperger's and, and, and autism and, and all if, and these emotional problems that now it seems like every teenager if was has. E- if it was even minorly alluded to. Like, so think of, like, Last Week in Moonlight. Think of, like, yeah. how it's building up in Moonlight and, like, it's never explicitly said, but, like... Um, the mom says, you know how he is, you know how, you know. Yeah. And then eventually they like say Like how fine. he walks. Like, like that, like one little bit, instead of, you know, when he, um, what happens? When he's throwing all the ice down the fucking poop chute or whatever. And... And he's to be there. And, and, yeah, he's to be... No, no. <laughs> I feel like you had to quantify that. Otherwise people would be wondering what Moonlight movie you watch. What weird ass special features do they have in Moonlight? <laughs> um, and East of Eden, and, and then it comes back to the like the dinner table scene, uh, or the, like when like he's reprimanding him and he's just saying this like he's like quoting the Bible and using the book and talking about how he's just a bad, he's just naturally bad, and like that's like what it was like in those times, as opposed to oh there may be something like psychologically or mentally or like emotionally wrong with you, right? And it hurt the movie because. Like, it, it would have been more interesting had, like, they even made some kind of allusion to it, or, like, had it been brought up, and then his father still has this, you know, I'm a good person, but this is the book that I live by, and I'm sorry, I right. can't accept you. Like, that makes sense. But this is us saying it, what, 60 years later? I know. This is us saying it 60 years later. Now, you couldn't... Not do it. Have Right, you couldn't have someone behave in this manner without 
addressing it because it's always addressed. <laughs> no, for I mean, and it's sad, but it's true. You know, they, there's so much well, just, that I'm, work I'm, that they're doing to diagnose these problems, and and I think that we're talking about it so much because him, uh, James Dean's character, Cal, and his relationship socially with all those people around him mm-hmm. is what drives this movie. So us saying now that, oh, like he must have had something wrong with him mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, Asperger's or some emotional problems or something like that, I think, I don't know if it's good or bad. And because I think if this yeah. is 1957 and we were watching this movie, we wouldn't be saying We have a different this. perspective on it. Also, Completely. the thing is like, I don't know if it was even intended. Like, I feel like it's just, like, a decision that James Dean made. Because, like, there's a, there's a very famous part in the movie where, um, so he's, he's <laughs> war profiteering, <laughs> yep. blatantly. And he uses the money to, like, give back to his dad to make up for, like, the, the, the um, difficulties that he's had with his own business. And, you know, his brother gets jealous, so he announces that, you know, he's, the, he's getting engaged. And the dad freaks out because of where the money came from. And, like, he has this, like, emotional breakdown. And it's actually, like, probably the best thing that James Dean does in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just latches himself onto his dad and, like, freaks out and hugs him and cries. And the, and the actor, it wasn't supposed to be what happened in the movie. Right. The actor, uh, Richard Massey, just, like, says his name over and over again until James Dean, like, I felt like he jumped out of a window, but he didn't. He just, like, left and started <laughs> swinging on the tree or something. It was weird. Um... And it's like, like, that's the whole point. It's like, that that actor, like, didn't know that was going to happen. So, like, how much free will does James Dean have just, like, making this damaged character? Well, that... I think that I read that, honestly, he was the first one to fully improvise a movie, his part in a movie, before all of these people do it on the news. Yeah, and it hurt the overall fucking movie. Yeah, because he didn't <laughs> stick to the script, and I think that that's why there's so much tension, because... No one knows what the he fuck was, he's he going to do. He was unprofessional because everybody else learned their lines and learned their part and played their role. And James Dean just took it to another level. And whether that was the rawness and that greenness that we were talking about earlier or whether that was him just being, being like, well, I think he was trying uncaring. to be like method or he was trying to be like method in a way. But like that character shouldn't have been method because that character had no reason to be method. That character is the protagonist in the film. Yeah. Like, and there's not, you know, at the end I was like, I hope your father fucking tells you to get the fuck out of my face. Let me stroke on my own, you know? Like, because I think that's when he has like a stroke and he couldn't speak. And, you know, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Stop misconstruing my words for very start, filthy things. Start speaking clearly, please. Just because I talk about stroking and ice poop shoots doesn't mean that I have negative things in mind. What I meant to say is that James Dean is an overrated piece of shit. That's <laughs> how so he seriously feels this movie. Like, I don't even want to watch Rebel Out of Cause now because I feel like he's just going to ruin the movie for me the way that he was acting. And granted, like I said, this movie has very little focus. That's coming from us, who we meander when we talk about the movies that we watch on a regular basis. Poop shoot! <laughs> but, um, also starring the other James Dean. <laughs> Poop shoot. Um, it meanders like crazy. It's got these long, nonsensical, like, parts. Like, the whole mom stuff 
was like wholly unnecessary. And like not to jump around again and be like unfocused, but like the mom I think might be my MVP because I I liked her performances. Like I liked how she portrayed the character, Mm -hmm. but like the content of all those scenes, I just couldn't care. Like why do I need this 15 minute scene of this like, like manic sociopathic woman you know, just relenting to her weird-ass son's request for money, and, like, nothing's going to happen afterwards. Yeah. Um, also, I didn't look it up. Like, did the actual movie start with that nine-minute shot of the ocean and music with the yeah, word yeah, overture, the overture on it? that was the overture. Why was that a thing back in the day? I don't know. That was a thing, like, in every movie they had that. And then the credits just started after that. Yeah, that's how they normally did them. But, like, we've watched movies older than this, and, like, 12 Angry Men didn't have that shit. 12 Angry Men's not gonna show a fucking ocean in an overture. But... It could have shown, like, an empty room yeah, with some music. Yeah, but that's the way that, like, The Wizard of Oz starts with the credits and that No, 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 you know, but, like, The Wizard of Oz before that didn't have five minutes of Kansas and an orchestra, and then credits it was just weird same thing with i know it's 1955 and technology was not what it is but holy shit this movie should win the razzie for worst sound and mixing and editing of all time what that dub that dubbed over everything everything like no one was mic'd properly or like no like can we get a boom in the shot like (laughs) I, i will forgive you if i can see the boom to know that you actually have a fucking microphone on these people because every other line, I feel like, had to be, like, added in afterwards so you could hear what was being said. Yeah. And it, it was distracting. It, it was. Re- it really was, because every time they're having a conversation, well, I don't know about that. And then we're back talking about this. And then, like, it kept going, like, in and out, like somebody was just fucking with a volume dial. Yeah. It was horrible. Um, was there anything that you liked? I feel like this is, like, not particularly. So, th- so this is my case when we watch the fucking minis or Kazam or Space Invaders or The Chaperone. It's like, those movies are fucking horrible. But you're going to hold my attention the whole time because I'm excited to see what is coming next. This was just a waste of time, to and me, was, honestly. And it was like, what? How long was, was it? Like, 117 minutes. No, it was two hours. Oh. But it felt... Like three hours. There was at one point, I think you were asleep during one of these parts, or like you weren't paying attention, where like I touched the PlayStation controller to try to have the menu pull up to show me how much time was left, and the controller was asleep. It wouldn't even do it. <laughs> it was just like, you don't want to know, bro. Like, just don't even. Yeah, too much. Because I was waiting for like the movie to kick into like the gear. Right. And then like when he went and finally talked to his mom, I thought, okay, maybe this is probably it. Then you don't see her for like 45 minutes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's all about the brother, and like I felt like they never even talked. Yeah, I, I just feel like they spent so much time on things that they shouldn't have spent so much time on, and then they didn't develop some of the other. And then, like, there was that riot at the fair because of the German dude. Because World War One, it's 1917, 18, like, wars breaking out. And the one German dude um, in town mm-hmm. who's, like, friends with them is, like, his business is failing, and they're, like, attacking him. When they really should really be focusing on how shitty his hair was. <laughs> his hair was pretty His shitty. hair was so bad. No one has had a haircut in 1917 or 1955. That guy was looking for a fucking attention. Yeah, he was. Um, can you stop picking your feet? Because <laughs> you're gonna be able to hear your fucking. No, you're feet. not. I guarantee you. 
Cut it out. No, I'm not editing this because we're on time. So stop having nail picking noises on the podcast. Sorry for Samantha's nails. Um, like that whole backdrop, like I felt like they were trying to make a point with that or something. I, I don't know. I haven't read East of Eden. But I feel like choosing to do only part of the book really makes a disjointed story. Because I had no emotional connection to either parent. Right. And I think that's the whole point. The whole point is like the the way East of Eden starts, I know, is it's like the love story between the two parents. It's how they meet and fall in love. And Mm -hmm. then when everything happens after that, when they have the, the kids and she leaves and everything, that's where you're supposed to get that feeling in your gut. That's that's when you're supposed to be attached to them. Because you've seen them fall in love, and then yeah. you're invested in them. But people were more concerned with the the dichotomy of the brothers, and, um, and it's supposed to be like Cain and Abel, right? Well, that's, yeah. that's what the allegory is. I mean, and it's, it's just it's, it's one of the oldest. It's one of the oldest, and, and it's a piss poor job at it. It does because I I was gonna say you know the the juxtaposition of the good and the evil, the good brother, the bad brother, has been done. And done, and done, and done, and done. And sometimes it's done like this, and is not very good. And they have to blatantly say, oh, you're so good, oh, you're so bad. Yeah. And then sometimes it's done beautifully well, and, excuse me, it just is, is upsetting, because I feel like they could have done so much better. Um, and, I, and I know it's a different time, and I, and I get it, but the story of good and bad, and, and those two being, like, the same side of, of the different sides of the same coin um, dates back to, to the Bible, like you said, like with Cain yeah. and Abel. It, it, it predates all of this. So for them to put it up and do this and show, I honestly don't, you know, the whole point is to show how the good can fall and the bad can rise, right? But I... I, I saw how they made the good fall. You know, the brother smashes his head on that train window and and caused his father to have a stroke. And then I guess, like, at the end, it was supposed to be, like, oh, him caring for his father. But it was really him just getting what he wanted the whole time. Like, yeah. his father's attention because his father was in a bed and couldn't move. Exactly. Like, for me, I didn't really see that redemption of that bad. Exactly. Bad brother. So the the filming section on this is just like littered with so many like weird and crazy fucking stories and like instances of like tension but then shyness like and like the weird like little things that James Dean would do that like they did and did not like. But then like on the last day, like he was an emotional wreck in the trailer because like how like moved he was about the production, but then like to get like to be method like he was like being crude around the Bible just to like incite Raymond Massey and it's just like it's just fucking weird like I never the one thing that sticks to me like people are method so I, I think I talked about it on the podcast I know I talked about it on Blank State with the Rich but it was another movie movie I recently watched um, and it's really something I've wanted to nominate uh, recently was Jim and Andy the Great Beyond I don't know if you heard about it at all but it's a Netflix documentary about um, the making of Man on the Moon. And it's very famous that Jim Carrey... Yeah, you told me about it. ...was, like, insane. Well, he's insane now. Sure. Like, especially then, like, he insists that he didn't make that movie. Like, Andy Kaufman, like, took over his body, whatever. And, like, 
come on. Like, like that's not fair to the fucking people that are just there to do a job. So I always think back on um, a very famous story, and I'm probably going to butcher the exact, like, uh, phrasing behind it, uh, for Marathon Man with Lawrence Olivier and uh, Dustin Hoffman. Olivier. And Dustin Hoffman, like, you know, Marathon Man's all about, like, there's a very famous part of the movie where he gets a root canal without, like, any anesthesia or anything. Um, and Dustin Hoffman went and actually got that done, like, at a dentist's office. So, like, he knew what the pain was like so he could act it out. And so when he came in, like, I think either production had to be, like, like stalled at some point or was affected in some way. And Lawrence Olivier said, like, you know, like, well, why did you do that? He goes, I wanted to know, like, what it was. And, he, and Lawrence Olivier was like, why don't you just try acting? Like, <laughs> like why don't you do that? You know, and like that, like that just rings so fucking true to me. It's just like, like why do I, I've never gotten it? Like, and sometimes it's great. Like Daniel Day Lewis is always in it. Fucking like Heath Ledger, I think is the Joker was in it a lot. You know, like if you have like your right shoulder, like head on your shoulders about, it, then cool. But like with this, and you can see it, and then it leads to like this kind of a product. I feel like people almost like attach themselves to it just because like at the time, how different it was. I'm a very big believer on this. Because something was, like, original or was first, it does not mean it's the fucking best. Or it doesn't even mean that it's good for that church. Like The Room. No, the, the Room's different. The Room wasn't, like, the first bad movie. The Room is because it was something that was earnest, that was so goddamn bad, that people fell in love with it. What I'm referring to was, like, Snow White and the Seven Doors. Snow White and the Seven Doors is always, like, number one on the list, like, best animated feature films. Why? Because it was the first one to do it? I don't give a shit. Guess what? It's boring and it's not very good. Every Pixar movie, except Cars, is better than Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Okay, wow. Okay. So, like, so don't put things oh, we'll on a... Oh, we'll get there. Don't put, don't put things on a pedestal just because of the time that they're in and the, and the perceived meaning behind them. Put things on a pedestal when they're they have legitimate claims at being entertaining and good. Or they make billions of dollars. Or like Frozen. <laughs> Only you would do that. Uh, do you have a particular like favorite or least favorite part? Um, I liked the um fair when they're at the fair. I feel like they were in that Ferris wheel for six goddamn days. That's fine. Um. <laughs> She really bothered me. She's not my LVP, that actress, who was 10 years older than what she was supposed to be, by the way. Yeah, she looked She it. looked like it. I was going to punch her in the face. She if just, I had been there, I would have punched her. I love all women's movements and everything whatsoever. That bitch needed to stop talking. <laughs> she just kept talking, and it drove me crazy. How many noises did I make throughout this film? I don't know. I was asleep. <laughs> there were so many... No, there... Just like... Ugh. Like, just stuff kept happening. I'm just like... Make it end. Yeah, what I mean. And then just, and then right when you think like things are happening, like something weird, like you like sit up and like you're paying attention and then something so weird happens. Like you mentioned, like he brings his brother to finally be like, oh, you want to see your mom? You want to meet like your, your whore yeah. mom? Yeah. When he was creepily swinging at him on the, on the porch, on the fucking tree swing. Yeah. And then he pushes him he, and like onto her and they and fall he, over a chair. Like, and then he laughs like Fucking and uh, runs away, shuts the door, and runs away. Like he basically acted like fucking Mixelplick from <laughs> the Superman cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw my pen across the room on accident. Uh, my Mixelplick impression. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Mr. Mixelplick. 
<laughs> um, yeah, and then the next thing you know, like, he's gone batty, and he literally fucking headbutts through a train window. And where was he going? He was going to join the war? Yeah, he enlisted and was going to join the war. But his father was, like, on the draft board of that town, and... and wasn't going to draft his own sons, which is unfair, mind you. Uh, and so then he, like, went into a uh, comatose status. Just. Okay, so in case you couldn't tell from the last half an hour of this podcast, we did not like this movie. Um, let's just get, uh, let's get into. I had no preconceived notions going either. I, 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 I did. I had a preconceived notion of it being a classic. Your expectation James was a seven and mine was six and a half. Movie. Yeah. I thought it was going to be good. Whoa, did I overshoot it. Why do people think this is good? I think that they read too much into it. And or maybe the, we're just soured. Maybe we're just, you know. No, because like I, like when older stuff is good, like I've given a 10 to 12 Angry Men. I love They There Sit Still. Odd couple, fucking Maybe baller. Maybe we're just movie snobs. No, I was, but this... I was once called a comedy snob. Unfairly. Uh-huh. Called a comedy snob, and it wasn't true. But maybe it was. I mean, maybe you just... Uh, I think they meant to just call you a snob. Just period. A snob. To, to well, no, 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 no. It's because I, I didn't laugh at anything. But it's because it wasn't funny. <laughs> so, I didn't enjoy this movie because it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably a movie snob, and that's why I do a movie podcast. There you go. Huh. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about the acting. So I think we, we discussed James Dean, and uh, his method of being a whiny little brat didn't really work in this movie. We talked a little bit about uh, Julie Harris. Yes. Nails on a chalkboard, screeching. Um, no, 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 screeching. She just was couldn't hold my interest if her hair was on fire. And it she was. And she was juggling with it her was. feet. She she did that. Just at, at boring. I didn't like the brother. The uh, he okay. So let's talk about the brother for for a minute. He was a doof. He was a doof. That's a really good word to describe. He it. he acted and looked like, um, like, uh, what's the guy's name, um, uh, from Ozzy and Harriet, like Ricky Nelson's, uh fucking impersonator on Hollywood Boulevard. Cool. Um, <laughs> I think that, and I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier on the show, um, about the direction that was given um, to, the, to, to the characters, to mm-hmm. James Dean, like, wasn't really the best. I think that the brother's a great example of it because I feel like he was told to play it to 11. You know, turn that dial up to 11 and play it so much to the hilt as that juxtaposition to James Dean's character that it was so overboard. And I didn't really believe it. I knew that there was something devious yeah. coming, you know, like, like I, and, and I didn't have any sympathy. No. You know, I was like, yeah, good. No wonder she's in love with James Dean. He's crazy, but at least he knows he's crazy. I'm fine with any of those three being LVP. I want to put on Julie Harris's character name was Abra Bacon. I thought ne- it was Abracadabra. Never before have two names that should have given me so much joy have made me hate something so much. Abraca Bacon. Abraca um, Bacon. Uh, I'm fine with any of the three. I really feel like it's James Dean. 
The more we like, the more we talk about it, like. I I I think it's James Dean. I would have enjoyed this movie more if it had been someone else. To be quite honest, like, and that's where I really judge my MVP and LVP and, and my investment in the characters. Like, also from for me, it's like a, a disappointment standpoint. Is yeah. like, like I was like never like hearing like he's like so lauded. Actually, it's funny you mentioned the room. So a big part of the disaster artist, not a big part. But like James Dean is a an inspiration to Tommy Wiseau, and in this, I saw that in the worst way possible. Honestly, I saw it and I was like, that makes so much sense now. Yeah. To me, so yeah, he, I think he's the LVP. Um. I yeah, I think he is, and and it's you know Steinbeck is is. You know, he writes these broken characters, and I think that, that they wanted James Dean to be that broken character so much that they just let him be himself. And I think that he really did, in real life, have problems. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, you know, and, and that's a podcast for another podcast, but he, he was, I think he was more himself in this, more than anything else, and... and Unfortunately, he didn't do it well, and I, and I feel, like, so bad saying that because I'm supposed to, like, love James Dean, and he's, like, this, like, bad boy, like, the the one that inspires all these, like, uh, Danny and Grease, and, you know, mm-hmm. um, these, like, uh, what's the word? Like, these, like, sex gods, and, these you know. These charismatic oddballs. Yes. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, and 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 so I feel bad saying that because I feel like I, especially like I was once a teenage girl, and I feel like you know that's what I'm supposed to do, and that was kind of the basis for my Valentine's Day nomination. My, my we'll walk Blue to remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one that we didn't pick, we'll mm, walk to remember. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, because like it's like that teenage rom com that you know I'm supposed to want to watch and love and everything. I feel like James Dean is that as well, and it was really a disappointment because he was only in three movies. He had such a short career and it's really upsetting to me that this is on there because I feel like it's not it's not good. I'm not upset right now it's because I don't good. know if the other two are going to be good well, now. Well, I'm good point. because of like this this um way that we're supposed to look at him, you know, like the way that like you not said like he's anymore. been lauded as this so, I think, yeah, my expectations for this movie were higher. Were high. I mean, a seven's pretty good For score. you, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not a five, so it's pretty good. Um, True. <laughs> um, so, I, for me, it wasn't just a disappointment in this movie, but that expectation was also for him. Yeah. You know, this is the first time, like, I've heard uh, his stories of, you know, how he came to fame and, you know, how his, his untimely demise and everything like that. Um, but I think it was a disappointment as well in James Dean. Like, oh, this is what it was for? Like, okay, I, 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 I can, I'm okay not, I'm pa- not, yeah. not being a part of that fangirl. I'm good, yeah. Yeah. All of the, all of the extra characters, so like Joe, the henchman at the fucking brothel, that guy was a fucking hooch. <laughs> um, hooch. Um, like the nurse at the end, she just fucking was a oddball weirdo. Um, 
who the LVP and MVP is not, I, I wouldn't. I think so, the the. Go ahead. No, I I have who my MVP nominee is, um, but a close second would be the dad. I was gonna say the dad. You know he he did a fine he, he did fine for what was given to him, and it seemed like he was the only one that was like a fucking actor, like working hard. My MVP is Burl Ives, the sheriff, Sam the sheriff. I don't think see for me he wasn't that he wasn't he that, as he didn't powerful. have that much, but when. It, he was involved. He was forceful. He was good. There's that one moment when the, the riot's breaking out and somebody does something and he just like stops everything. Right. And looks. And I was like, that's a badass moment right there. I agree. And that's why I think he, he, you said he should be the. MVP. Oh, MVP. I thought you said LVP. Oh no. Burl Ives is my MVP. Oh yeah. Okay. I agree. You agree? Okay, cool. I agree. Yeah. I, Cause he, he was like the least offensive that I found. Yeah. I thought he was badass. Yeah. Was strong. Um, most of the adult men I liked. So I liked the dad, I liked him. I also liked Will, like the um, the guy who helped buy the beans. Even though it was that really weird, creepy, like, shower scene. Like, there's a shower scene in this, by the way. Or I feel like we're going to see this old dude's dick in 1955. Oh, and I it's think like... I fell asleep in that scene. Why am I always falling asleep when there's dicks flying everywhere? There <laughs> dicks flying. This is a jackass 3D we were watching. This was fucking East Eden. Um, um I, I also, we have to talk about Joanne... Joe Van Fleet. Oh, yeah, Joe Van Fleet was actually going to be my MVP until I mentioned Burl Ives. Yeah. I, I, her, I'm not going to give her the MVP over Burl Ives just because her scenes were just so drawn out that, it, that like, she was drawn out at times, whereas Burl Ives was able to, like, get in, get out, and not, like, piss me off. And anymore. I think, like, from the moment he came on, it was like, okay, here, boom. Here's his presence. Here's what he's about. I know mm-hmm. him. I'm attached to him. Cool. With her... The very beginning when it opens up, I'm like, who the fuck is this yeah. crazy ass lady? Going to the bank, getting all Going this... to the bank and getting and being rude to the tellers. First of all. Don't wake up the child. You, <clears throat> gotta, you gotta put a service signal out for that, number one. Number one. Service signal. Number two. I hate when customers come in and are rude. It's like, I'm so nice to you and you don't need to be rude to me. I don't care what the fuck's going on in your day. How do you think my day's going? I gotta stand here behind this damn glass. Really the exact it's op- hot. It's literally the exact opposite of what they tell us. You don't know what people have going on in their day, so try to I go know. out of their way to please them. I know, but yes. But then I also am a customer at, at places, right? Mm-hmm. At, at different sure, sure. places, restaurants and banks and things. And, you know, maybe it's because I've worked in the service industry. I'm like, I never go in being rude to people. I'm always nice and kind because that's just how you treat people. You treat people like they're people. And uh, from the from the get, this woman was rude. And then that other whore across the street, sitting up on the porch, talking about, oh, hey, you too young to be here. The whole time I'm like, is that a whore? I'm like, there's no way. And I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, it's a whore. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that was, uh, I thought that was Lunell from Borat, you know? <laughs> you know? The big fat black lady from Borat. Yeah. So I thought that was. Yeah, so close call for Joe Joe Van Fleet, but unfortunately, Burl Ives wasn't Burl Ives like a singer too. Or I'm thinking of Burt Ives, or am I thinking of Ives like um, the Ives of March? No. <laughs> <laughs> week of the week. No, uh, Burl Ives. He's a singer, right? Yeah, he's a singer. Oh, that's why. Um, he's yeah, he's a folk singer. He did um, a lot of country music. Uh, my I recognize the name because my grandparents. He also is the voice of uh, Sam the Snowman. Um, and the narrator of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on CBS. 
to hear him every year and never any else, any other time else. Anything else on East of Eden? No. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to just get this out of my sight. Um, score time. Samantha, give me a score. Uh, two and a half. It's going to get saved because I was going to give it a two. It's a 2.25. Are you kidding? Why'd you give it a two? I didn't think you were going to give it a two and a half. Ugh. So a 2.25. So it lives. Well, that sucks. But, yeah, not... Look, I gave it a two and a half because of Burl Ives and some of those moments, some of the scenes and... I think there and, is and an attempt at were... there's an attempt at artistry here. Yes. Anything below it too for me is like this is just money or flat out shit. And this yeah. is not good. I did not enjoy this at all. I didn't enjoy but it. But there was an effort put can, forth to do things. Yes. I can I can respect that. Yeah. Although it, I, it was minimal. Um yes, exactly. you know, so that that's why I gave it a two and a half. Yeah. I mean, I, if Burlize wasn't in it, if they didn't have some of the things like that fair scene and like the ending with like the like the fairs was stopping him climbing down it and everything because they're attacking mm-hmm. the the, uh, the poorly haircutted German man. Yeah, um, I liked that scene. That I seen saved it for me. I think. Then, I, but then like the brothers are fighting and I don't remember why. Cause, oh, because I think like the brother was like sticking up. I don't. I don't want to remember. Okay, well, that's that's fair. All right, well. I don't ever have to see this movie ever again. She threw it across the room. All right. Reach into the box. Ooh, so excited. Okay, what are we hoping Something for? Light Something light and fluffy good. and short. Something. Be careful and go down a little further, actually. Why? Just because, like, all the new cards, I didn't mix up. I'm going to mix them oh. up later. And I feel like I put them, like, right where you reached. <laughs> Just, you know. Well, it's okay. And it's fine. And light and fluffy and humorous and it's not it, is it? Lead opposite. And I'm really not looking forward to this. What? Uh, Six. I don't want to have too many dead. It comes at night. Ooh. Ooh, this is a new, this is a horror film. Yeah, All right. yeah, it is. It's great. Just recently bought this on uh, Black Friday Fantastic. for cheap. Okay, cool. This got very good reviews. This uh, single-handedly almost ruined my uh my the last fantasy movie league I was in this was a, a free agent pickup that I thought was going to be like the hot horror movie of the summer and it got great reviews but nothing else um <laughs> we are just on fire <laughs> recently these dark drab films uh an expectation score for you Samantha a 4 4 i'm going to give it a 7 and a half her very good things about it got Joel Edgerton, who's been on fire recently. Really like Joel Edgerton. You'll know him if you saw him. Uh, it Comes at Night is uh, going to be our next podcast. We have to hold Blue Valentine off. So we're going to watch this in like two days. <laughs> two, three days. <laughs> you have no time to prepare yourself. No, um, you know what? Nope, nope. Because you know it's going to be here in two days? I'll get to it. saves the day. We are not going to have time to watch The Illusionist. Oh, we're going to watch The Illusionist. I'm going to fucking make sure we watch The Illusionist. The Illusionist. Illusionist. It sounds, uh, how much duct tape do we have? I'm going to duct tape him to a chair and make him watch this. You don't have to duct tape him to a chair. Just give him some, like, Oreos and he'll sit there. <laughs> I know, it's so funny to me. 
Uh, no Fig Newtons, though, because him and Fig Newtons and this weekend do not go well with one another. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married <laughs> Movies. We encourage you, as always, to go to arcadeaudio.net for past podcasts and all the other podcasts in our network of shows. Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio to support for, uh, for a few dollars every single month. You get bonus content and helps run this whole production. Uh, Apple, Stitcher, and Google to subscribe to the podcast. Get your podcast automatically when they arrive every Thursday or Friday. Leave us a review and five stars while you're at it. Again, go to arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets to vote in our annual award show before the um, Oscars come out. Um, you can hear about Oscars um, on next week's episode of the Blank Slate. We've been off for two weeks. The first week because Rich accidentally deleted it. The second week because I just refused to talk about the Vikings. Um, and we were busy watching this movie. I could have, sorry, we could have had a blank slate this week, but instead we had to watch this fucking movie. Um, at Mary W Movies on Twitter, MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com, Facebook.com slash MarriedWithMovies. Final thoughts, Samantha? No. Man. Think of how many more movies like that we have in that box that, like, we think are good and then... Let me like I saw you. I throw thought it, it was gonna break. I saw you throw that box and it turned into like a magic trick, and like fucking doves came out of it or something. <laughs> it would fucking cool. I'll work on it. <laughs> yeah, work in all your free time. I want you to become an illusionist. Hey, that'll be our next episode. Uh, this is Mullet. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I just had the same stroke that the father hey, had at the end of. Hey, this we're movie. tied at one stroke apiece today. For Mullet. Uh, this is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married Movies. <laughs> Catch you next time on the couch. Slash the movies. I almost fucked that last part up. I almost <laughs> said, Catch you next time, slash the couch. What? <laughs> on the movies. <laughs> on the movies. Swogging off. Delete this now. Slater. Hates rap. <laughs> you know what was really fun in this movie? All the black people. Was that a whore, the only black person in this film? Probably. We were on a great streak. <laughs> we fucked it up. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.